The very first World Series of Board Gaming is taking place next year, September 2022, in Las Vegas. And Roll for Crit is giving you the chance to participate. All you have to do is rate and review the Roll for Crit podcast on iTunes. Then send us an email to rollforcrit at gmail.com with the subject line WSBG Contest confirming that you left said review. On November 11th, we'll be choosing one random winner to receive a $250 coupon code good for a one-ring event ticket to the championship. Or you can use that code to upgrade to a multi-event package. This could be your moment. Don't let it slip through your fingers. Full details at rollforcrit.com contest. Welcome to the Roll for Crit podcast. It's a fun place for you and all of us to hang out, get together, talk about board games, card games, RPGs, tabletop games of all variety. It's going to be an exciting week. We're recovering from an extra live stream, so if we're a little tired, that's why. But my name is Jonathan Estes. I'm Will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Keeler. Sorry. Right? Yes, yeah. Sometimes, you know. I'm trying to get you in the habit. I like you, I said, I'm tired. <laughs> we are. If anyone didn't see it, we did do our Extra Life live stream a couple days ago now, but it felt like it was, for me, it feels like it was 10 minutes ago. It was, uh, we went a full 24 hours, uh, but we're back in the swing of things. We're getting back to normal life. Uh, we, we helped raise some money for children's hospitals. If you missed it, um, it's most of it should still be on Twitch right now. And even if you don't feel like watching it, you can still donate through our website. Uh, just go to rollforcrit.com. You'll find links and you can still help out and donate. Even if you don't want to watch us, you can still do a nice thing uh, and help out uh, children's hospitals, which would be awesome of you. But that being said, we have a show to get into today, beginning with the ongoing adventures of our podcast mascot, who listeners may or may not know is named Roland F. Criterion. And uh, he's going through some adventures. He, every, every week he's been experiencing trials and tribulations. Last week he was about to fall into a, a spiky death trap, but he used his instruments to uh, blow his horn and pro propel himself out of the hole to safety. It was a whole thing. You'll have to you'll have to go back and listen. Uh, he's an Asimar bard, of course, who, who we created uh, through D and D Fifth Edition's rule set. And you know, it's getting colder. The winter months are upon us. And as Roland is trying to make his way away from the, this trap, snow begins to fall, and he's looking around. And it's uh, it's getting hard to discern exactly where he is and where he needs to go next. He's lost. He's lost in the snow and it's ancient D&D &D time. So he doesn't have a GPS or anything like that, which is why he needs a lot of help to get out of this mess and to help him out and us out this week. We have two special guests joining our party. We've got the hosts of the Hobbies and Happiness podcast and YouTube channel, Talking to our friends Dan Campbell and Jim Morgan. Welcome to the show. How's it going, guys? Oh, hi it, there. <laughs> it is going great. We are so glad that you're here to join us. Uh, we were on uh, we were on Hobbies and Happiness. You were generous enough to invite us on there. Was that now, you guys? <laughs> it was up. I know it also seems like a lifetime ago. <laughs> But it oh, was it a different save file? I don't remember that one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it might have been. been. You have to dig deep in your memory banks for that one. But but, but we, it's, we don't have time for laughter and merriment. We need your guys' help as to how how Roland should get out of this predicament, find his way through the snow. 
we, we need your assistance. What, what do you th- what do you think he should do to escape his fate, starving to death in a cold, icy wasteland? Well, one thing I would like to know: is, what does he have? On, like, is he is he bundled up? Like, is is he freezing to death? Or yeah, these are good questions. I don't think <laughs> I don't think Roland is equipped for cold weather. He's oh, got man. light armor. That's what oh, he's, oh that's wow what he's wearing. Wow, he's not in a short t-shirts, but yeah, he's not a he doesn't have a nice fur coat. All right. Okay. So, I mean, does he know any like spells? Like, can he like warm himself up? I mean, that's, that's what's going through my head right now. These are great questions. Now I got to remember on our, uh, (laughs) (laughs) what, what spells he's got Yeah, No, he's uh, so, so this is a character (laughs) we just created recently. He has yet to advance too far. He's still first level, uh, right now. He has, uh, the cantrip light, (laughs) <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I don't think that provides heat. I think it just provides it light. Not. Now that could help him. He could maybe use that to uh, to find his way to some heat. So so I'll I, I'll have to defer here to Jim. So so Jim Jim, what what do you think? Well, what do you think he so should do? The first thing that comes to mind is okay. What weapons does he have? Is it a dagger, short sword? You said he's a bard, so he can probably imitate animal noises. Oh yeah, that's that's, um, that's so a good direction. He could potentially be able to find food if he can like make a baby deer noise or something like that to have. You know, <laughs> I like um, I like how you're thinking. I like the way this is going. All so, right. and then from there, or he can, you know, if he has a a horn, um, then he can make just loud noises to get people's attention potentially. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but this in light good. armor as well, he has no warmth. Um, and depending on the tools he has, he probably doesn't. He probably isn't good with survival being a bard. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah I, I'm liking the idea of, uh, of making some bird calls to try and get some food as a, as a, yeah. as a starter. Let, yeah, let's, that, let's that's make probably that the our... number one thing I would do. <laughs> yeah, I'm on board. All right, let's 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 make this our. What would we think? This might be. Uh, I suppose this is a performance check as he's trying to imitate some <laughs> some animals, or maybe nature, uh, depending on uh, which direction you want to go. I'll I'll let Will decide as he's going to be the one rolling the die. Uh, we'll go with nature, but because we have two guests, I think he has advantage. Oh, it's okay, right, performance yes. related. That makes sense. Too. All right, sure, sure. I'll I'll let you cheat on this one. Why not? Oh god! Here in the die. Oh, it sounds like it dropped. One fell off the table. It, it doesn't this is how it goes. This is well, how... um, not the greatest. Uh-oh. You rolled a ten and a seven. Oh, oh no! Oh, what about no. those modifiers? Well, yeah. he's got he's got a plus one for nature. <laughs> um, so uh, an eleven. You know, I think maybe he's able to scare up something kind of scrawny to eat. It's it, it's he's alive, but it's not exactly fulfilling meal. <laughs> Right. I imagine uh, he didn't actually find a bird through his calls. He just found a dead one. And it's like good enough. Yeah, yeah. The call didn't do much, but he just he just got lucky and tripped over. Turns something out he used eat. vicious mockery on the bird and it mm. died. Oh. <laughs> that's that's never good. Well, thanks to you, he's at least alive for now. Woo. All right, so, all right, all right. Thanks so much for helping us out with that. Oh boy. So now, now that that's out of the way, we can get into the show proper, beginning with some news that we have to discuss from the past week in the news roundup. News roundup. Okay, so all kinds of news to discuss. Uh, as usual, there's always one 
weird, big legal controversy that we, for some reason, have to discuss each week. You'd think in the board game world, it would just be like happy-go-lucky, everyone's having a good time. But more and more as of late, there are issues, lawsuits, all kinds of things hitting everybody. In fact, it was just uh, a couple months ago, we learned about a ransomware attack on Fantasy Flight involving their game Keyforge. And now more of that is occurring reportedly against this time game distributors, specifically uh, Diamond, uh, who is underneath the Alliance game distribution brand, who we've talked about before. They handle a lot of big publishers uh, and now, you know, including working with Wizards of the Coast and Asmodee, very big, profitable company. They also do a lot of comic book stuff. And they had they have experienced these ransomware attacks, which for anyone who doesn't know, essentially they get uh, attacked by hackers who take their data hostage and uh, ask them to pay a price in order to get it back. And they are still working through these issues and still set shipping out orders right now as best they can. They haven't been completely taken down by these attacks. But it is kind of a worrying sign to see that more and more of this is occurring and that it seems to be hitting particularly the board game industry right now in, in kind of a weird way. Uh, Jim and Dan, what do you think about the, the the ransomware attacks? I don't know if you, I'm sure you have heard of, had heard of the Keyforge thing that was going on. So yeah, um, actually, is that what happened? Is that why they had to suspend Keyforge? Be so this was technically, this is an, as of now, unverified rumor, but ah, there was, okay. there are some pretty strong sources that came out after the fact that have led us in that direction. Yeah. That makes sense because I remember when they, when they made that announcement, I wasn't, cause I think, wasn't that around the time of Gen Con when they made, I, 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 I for some reason, I remember around that time them talking about Keyforge and them saying they're suspending it or for whatever. And the whole talk mm -hmm. around that time was, well, if it's Keyforge and they're saying it has something to do with your algorithm, how is your algorithm messed up? What well, did you lose an algorithm? Like what happened? <laughs> right. So that make that would make sense to me. That that kind of makes sense. Um, but I mean, so the biggest thing that stood out, honestly, to me is like I'm not I'm not very surprised to be quite honest with you with these ransomware attacks. the The biggest thing that this points to for me is, um, I mean, I would hope up to this point that these companies, especially in this sector, uh, tabletop gaming, um, like have taken have taken up to this point internet security like seriously and if they haven't well uh, hopefully now they're going to uh, because it's just it's the world we live in unfortunately um and like with everything going digital um and so much of our business going on the internet um these companies really have to invest heavily heavily in internet security essentially and so that that's what this points to to me and these are never going to go away and that's the unfortunate thing is stuff like this is never going to go away um and so these companies just need to invest money a lot of money into securing their basically the, in securing their data to be honest mm -hmm. yeah i think that i mean so many companies uh from different industries have some have been faster than others in terms of adapting to new right. technology. And it does kind of, it kind of makes sense in a sad way that board games might be one that's a little bit slower since it's so analog 
centric. Right. What right. do you mean it's not cardboard? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, Will, I feel like after the Keyforge thing, I, I feel like you said, oh, I, this isn't the last we're going to see of this. I feel like you, this for you, this maybe isn't a surprise. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but I feel like that's like saying the ocean tide's going to come in. You know, I don't think <laughs> it's like some no, I give you credit. amazing. Uh, I, but now I just have like a tinfoil hat because I think it was just today I read that like Magic's new set, the set boosters for it, are being delayed and said because of shipping and other issues. Now I'm like, was it because of this? Oh, <laughs> so yeah. it's not that too because they, we don't know what's going on now. Or am I going to have to worry every delays 50 percent of the time someone's hacked the company? <laughs> I, I, I feel like now with everything going on in the world, like the the whole shipping delays is just the the, the entirety of the uh, the 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 shipping sector. That's that's just been. I mean, that's just been a nightmare. But honestly, I i mean, Will, I never thought about the whole Keyforge thing being tied to something like this. But I mean, you're totally right. It makes total sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And of course, they would put everything on one drive and be like, oh, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh God. Uh, Well, yeah. The the silver lining, the good news is that uh, nothing. It did not affect, according to them, customers or any of their financial data. So at least, like anyone who worked with them, retailers, publishers, they don't have to. They're not worried about credit card numbers or anything like that. It sounds like it just mainly affected their like their systems and everything. Yeah, Yeah. I, I mean, I assume a credit card kind of attack. Is wouldn't hit uh, like a distributor. They they'd go be going for Target or something, you know, where uh, you're more likely to get more cards. But this still is. I mean, it's a worse time too. Once again, we're in the holiday season, so this is going to cut into the availability of anything tabletop related even more. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Like that wasn't enough of an, a problem already. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's it just continues to be this one even more so weird. Well, maybe not as much as Keyforge. That one's really weird. But just in my head, I'm like, if you're a ransomware guy, you know, one of those ransomware guys, like this is it's just not who I would think of that you would go after is the board game distributors. Well, you you have to look at it. The board game industry does have at some point make enough money that it's appearing in major stores. Yeah. Well, especially it's, it's small es- enough, especially after 2020. I mean, especially right. after how big this industry like blew up due to COVID. But it's also like just small enough, like if they hit Ford that like that, they, the FBI wouldn't hit them in top tier list or something. Yeah. yeah. Like it's probably just like it's another ransomware attack. Put it behind yeah. the other five. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You yeah. shoot low enough for funds and it's like, all right, we're not really going to look into this. Yeah. Speaking of it, someone make this a board game you play, and you got to choose targets and put a lead, risk and stuff. Whoever makes the most money wins. That's victory points, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah one thing, yeah. one thing I found, I did find interesting in this story is they say uh, there was a survey by New York Magazine that found that over half of these ransomware victims this year did pay to regain access to their information, but only a quarter of them regained full access. So what that again, what that points to to me is honestly, these companies really need to up their security systems to make sure stuff like this doesn't happen. Because once you pay, these criminals have no they've got no reason to give you back your data. Right. You know what I mean? So that that, that's that's just what that's that's my biggest takeaway. The main the main reason, quote unquote, would be that 
if when they hack someone else, they know it's a worth it's a worthwhile investment. Yeah, because so, they know. they know these people are going to pay. Yeah, that would be so. Like, I imagine the bigger, the bigger of a hacker you are, the more likely you will free it because it's like I have a reputation to protect here. Yeah, I may man. be a thief, but I have honor, and by that I mean I want the next people to pay. Yeah. But no, it is. But once again, even if you get all security, it's still going to come down to all they need is Bob from accounting to make his password fluffy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, that's my password. Don't give that out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to bleep that. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. And and, I, and it should be pointed out again that, you know, we're talking about it from a board games perspective, but they do also handle a lot of comic books and other other stuff. So. Uh, there, 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 there's a lot more at stake there. And yeah, it's, I mean, kudos if it is true, which I, I think it is that the, the Keyforge thing was a ransomware attack. Kudos to Fantasy Flight for reportedly not paying them. And that's, you know, they, they stood their ground and said, we'll just deal with it <laughs> and rebuild it. Right. Uh, that's not what everyone can afford that. to do that. I well, sort of wish. Well, the, the thing I is, know. though, I feel I feel like Fantasy Flight is a big enough company to where they have they have faith in their IT department. They've got a relatively big IT department to where they can handle and fix whatever happened. Um, who know? Like <clears throat> I wouldn't know about these companies like Diamond and Alliance if their IT departments like if they've initially put up those investments in their personnel up front to know if they can even handle an attack like that because that's part of it too is when these attacks happen can your team can they even handle it and if you can't it's almost like you're stuck between a rock and a hard place it's like if you if we don't pay then like we're 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 screwed we don't we cannot get back get back this info they feel like their only route is to pay these people and then hope they give their data back yeah. So Fantasy Flight to me would be a big enough company to where they would they've got that that infrastructure in place. But you think with Netrunner they know how to defend themselves. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no one, they left it completely open. <laughs> they learned nothing. Well nice. they well they gave up the you know they lost the rights to it so they <laughs> Oh, that's why they that you know, that's what one. they need to do. This they, they just go back. Oh, you know what? We're not only are we going to improve our internet security, we're going to do Netrunner too, so everyone thinks we're like really good at this stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a good. Or one. whoever did it played a whole lot of Netrunner and learned how their stuff <laughs> worked. Yeah. Can you imagine if that actually like someone opens a KeyForge and they, all there is is just one image of a card? From from Netrunner, like the empty funds or something. Like, you, oh my god! <laughs> they learn from the best. Yeah, yeah. It's scary. It's 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 kind of weird. It's the this is like the modern equivalent of the Wild West train robberies or something. This is the world we live in. Don't worry. Once we get uh, what was it Metaspace up and running? Oh, Metaverse. 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 That yeah. will totally fix everything. Oh, that's gonna be. I don't. I, I don't care how bad it is. Give me the cyberpunk future. <laughs> I'm. I'm ready for that. Dude, it's, it's worth dude, it. They're, they've just announced Ready Player One. I mean, come on. That's that's. <laughs> yeah. We all know that's where it's going. Come on. <laughs> Does that mean all pop culture is ending now too? We we're, we're capping it here. <laughs> we're living in the 80s. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. It ended in the 80s already. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Uh. So. 
you know, they're, they're up and running. We'll see. We'll see if uh, things get worse and we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully you don't hear about too many more of these. And hopefully, uh, like you said, these companies start beefing up their security or something happens. Otherwise, we may not be uh, this may not be the last time we hear about a story like this. Uh, but in more fun news this week, there were some game announcements that I thought would be uh, a treat to discuss some some interesting new board games. I'll kind of sum up a few of them and then we'll see which ones maybe we're excited about or want to talk about in depth. Uh, Plaid Hat Games announced Familiar Tales, which is a new one from Jerry Hawthorne, the designer of Mice and Mystics. And it's another storybook style game, fantasy campaign sort of game along the same lines uh, as his other titles. Uh, there's Horseless Carriage, which is about uh, the uh, the start of the automobile industry. And this is from the publisher and designer of uh, games like Food Chain Magnate, which is one of these ones that everybody is always really uh, hyping up that I've never had the chance to try, but it's, I think, one of these more complicated uh, Euro-style games. There's a new entry in the Dixit franchise called Stella, which is kind of a, a spin-off of, the, of that Dixit party game. There's a new series of Unlock Escape Room games, which I think is weird because it's actually based on existing board games. <laughs> you talk about that. And then there are some new Portal Games teases, uh, mainly uh, new expansions for some of their titles, uh, the Detective Series, Dune, and uh, Empires of the North. Uh, Jim, I'll start with you. Is there anything from this selection that you're particularly interested in or you think is going to be kind of exciting to follow? Uh, from from that list, uh, from that I don't really list. know anything about. <laughs> <laughs> are you? Uh, are, have you? Did you play any of the Mice and Mystics stuff, or are you an escape room guy at all? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. We got the. I picked the right oh my God, to don't bring you on. <laughs> So Jim's like that kid in school with his head down. God, don't pick me, please. <laughs> but do you love horseless carriages, Jim? Uh, who was uh, who was the the developer for that Dune and then the North uh, game? Portal games. Portal you games. Portal. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Know. When you said portal, I was like, oh man, they're making a portal three for like 360. <laughs> um, that's instantly what came to my head. But I'm like, no, no, no. We're not talking about video games. I'd love to <laughs> talk about the possibilities of portal three with you at some point. Yeah. Uh, but why great. don't we, well, here, maybe we'll get the conversation started. You'll find, you'll find a way in. <laughs> uh, Dan, Dan, what about you? Any, so any? I got, I got, no, I got a notification. I think it was yesterday about familiar tales from Plaid Hat. Yeah. Um, I'm a, a big fan of plaid hat games. Um, and so I was looking, I was, I was looking into familiar tales, um, and familiar tales looks pretty interesting. Um, I, I do like how it's seen, and it seems like plaid hat is doing a lot with these. Um, I don't know if it's an app driven game, but it's mm. it, more like in, you know, they have an app to help you go along with the game. Um, one of the things I like about a lot of plaid hat stuff is those books, those the, that help go through like the nar- the narrative of the story. Um, plaid hat stuff is just really high quality that that I that I've noticed, um, and it looks cool. Like the the game itself, I don't know if it would be up my alley, but I feel like anytime I say that, anytime I sit down and play it, I'm like, okay, no, this is actually really cool. Mm-hmm. So familiar tales, uh, for me at least, looks pretty interesting. 
Yeah, I, we are definitely, Will and I know are fans of the storybook thing, or I don't know, storybook is the name of this system, but even like in Jaws of the Lion. Uh, yeah, I, I was going to say taking advantage, instead of having a bunch of map tiles, they have to be like, all right, what's the order? You just flip a page. Yeah. It's so nice. And just, oh, thank God. That's all I need to do. And then you have the rules and the monsters, a little flavor on the side. And I mean, combined with all the art and everything, and obviously coming from Plot Hat, which we already know does a great job on this. This is mm -hmm. super excited for that. Of yeah. course, I'm a big fan of Dixit. So the Stella thing sounds really cool yeah, to me. So as here, well. here's my question with Dixit. Are, are they flying stingrays? What in the world is on that box? <laughs> yes, they are flying stingrays. I mean, the whole thing is Dixit in general. You know, it's very uh, abstract art, I guess you could say. Okay. And, you know, I, I feel like a classic. It's, more, it's uh, like maybe absurdist is the better. Yeah. I don't know. It's not It's not abstract, yeah, but it's not. It's, it's unrealistic. Dreamlike. It's fantastical. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, of course, putting... Marine animals flying is a classic of that. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that uh, was weird to me because it's like the Dixit universe. I'm like, oh, I didn't know this was a universe, <laughs> but it, it's I'm not. It's unclear to me how different it. It sounds like in this version, uh, in, in original Dixit, players come up with their own prompts, and in this one, you draw a card that gives you a prompt. Um, yeah, and it seems like there's multiple at once or something. Yeah, so it's a different I'm, spin I'm, on it. I feel Dixit universe just means. You can use the Dixit cards. Like you'll have your Dixit library of cards mm. and just be like, what game can we play with them? It's almost like they're going to make it like a, having a 52 deck of cards. You don't think it, it just means we wanted to put Dixit on the box because we think it'll sell a little more <laughs> if we call it that? Well, I think that. And also, if you look at the picture, the cards literally say Dixit on the back. Yeah, that is true. Like, oh, I think the, it's the just going to be. Yeah, you're right. There it is. I see it. Which, I mean, that works. I mean, sort of like how we said you can use Mysterium cards and, and Dixit. Uh, what was the other one? Oh, the Portal one. The one I'm really curious about with that one. Um, I know he said he brought these up before, but possibly. Obviously, the Detective one, story-related. Curious about that. But the Empires of the North, uh, for those who don't know, this is sort of like a different heavy... Uh, maybe uh, To me, it feels a bit more Euro than uh, his previous version of uh, Imperial Settlers. And it had groups like your Aztecs or your Egyptians. But the one he talks about is the undead. Yeah. It says, like, this will imply future. So are we going to start getting, like, weirder groups in there? Are we going to start seeing, like, dragons, goblins, cobalts, or something like that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know how that's going to be. Well, And I, I think there was some speculation I saw that also that, you know, they have a stronghold undead game, so maybe there would be a tie-in to that uh, that universe as well. But we'll yeah. soon get Dune and detective groups as well. <laughs> yeah, which is fine. That's that's that could be fun. Oh, I wouldn't complain. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't be my my first choice to be honest with you. I kind of like that those games are a little more that aren't they aren't fantasy because <laughs> every <laughs> every battle card game is fantasy. Uh, but but it's fine if they're separate and you don't have to buy them if you don't want to. <laughs> did he <clears throat> in that video? Did he talk <clears throat> uh, talk about what that Dune House House Secrets game is? Oh yeah, well that's we we actually got a copy of that. We haven't we haven't tried it ourselves yet, but it's uh, if you're familiar with the detective games, it's it's a narrative cooperative game where basically you're following a story and making choices but it, it's set in the world of dune obviously this one. Oh, okay 
Okay. So yeah, it's not, uh, it, it's, it's not quite, it's not like an escape room, but it's like, uh, there's kind of, there's like a mystery solving thing. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, that, yeah, that, that I, I loved Dune. Um, so that immediately I'm like that, that intrigues me immediately. And then you say escape room. I'm like, Oh, if that's what it's like, that should be very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and speaking of escape rooms, I need to talk about this unlock announcement. So unlock is a series of escape rooms. They all use apps and I've, I found them hit or miss. Some of them are, are, are better than others. There's a bunch of them and they've also done licensed versions. There was a star Wars unlock. Now they've announced unlock board games edition or it's called unlock game adventures this one has three different escape rooms so one-time experiences <clears throat> one is based on ticket to ride one is based on Ooh. pandemic and one is based on mysterium so they're really huh. cannibalizing their own their own ips their here own IPs. um which is is smart i suppose we're finally we're seeing more of and more of this especially from asmo day i think where they're realizing like Oh, we should. There should be a pandemic book, or you know, or like, why not? We have the rights to this. Let's make some more money off it. Um, it's, I, it's funny. <laughs> I just find it like weird and funny. But I, 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 I have, to, I do have to mention that first comment in the BGG yeah. thread. The next step would be an unlock game about an unlock game. <laughs> unlock <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just the exhibit. Uh, You're inception. playing as yourself playing it. You yeah. Know, there you go. <laughs> actually, isn't that pretty much? Arguably, that's actually uh, the, uh, the, uh, initiative. the the initiative. The yeah. initiative. Thank you. Yeah. You're playing as people playing a game and yeah. weird things are happening. J- Jumanji unlock. Yeah. <laughs> that's basically what's going to happen next. Uh, yeah. But of this list, I think Familiar Tales is definitely the one I'm most most excited for. I think that one sounds pretty interesting. Yeah. I think I'd agree. All right. So, all right. Cool. So we're all we're all settled up on a new game announcement. Sold. <laughs> uh, but those things aren't out yet. And you know what else isn't out yet is a bunch of things on Kickstarter, which is what we're going to talk about next in our Kickstarter Pickstarter segment. Oh, this one looks nice. It's nice. It's nice. This one. Kickstarter. Kickstarter. All right. I'll I'll let you guys tell me who wants to start between <laughs> Jim and Dan. Uh, but if either of you have one or two different uh, or as many as you want, really, Kickstarter projects that either maybe you actually backed yourself or that you're just uh, excited about and keeping an eye on. We kind of have the same answers for this. Perfect. <laughs> so 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 yeah, Jim, Jim, you go ahead because I, I I if you don't mention some of these, I've got some other ones too. Okay. <laughs> All right. So. I'm going to start it off with uh, Skyrim. All right. Yes. Good. I'm very, I'm glad because, you know, we touched on this a little because it launched last week, but, but none of us are big Skyrim fans. So oh, I would love to hear. So, from you. Oh man. Thing, right? like, oh man. <laughs> I'm not even a Skyrim fan. Right. Like I played a little bit of Elder Scrolls online. I played a little bit of Skyrim four. Also known as Oblivion, <laughs> <laughs> for the people who got in during Skyrim, <laughs> um, yeah, dabbled with uh, with those ones a little bit. And um, but looking at this board, the minis just look really good quality. There's you know traveling around the world. If you are a fan of Skyrim, you're going to know all these places because it is the map. Um, and you know slaying monsters the equipment stuff traveling um to find better equipment 
make yourself stronger. And uh, the the character board as well has like little inserts in it. So it's like a multi-level board. And um, so just easily your cards and little tokens can be put inside the board fit really nicely together. Yeah. I, I Overall, say- I think the I think the game looks really, really good. So, yeah, it definitely looks like I was saying I'm impressed with the scope of it and also just how it looks like they went further than they had to. You know, when you have a Skyrim license, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of things that you could do that would be pretty easy to just slap on some of those characters and artwork. Yeah. But but it looks like a a pretty good, like strategic, in-depth kind of a game. The thing that was also really nice was their trailer that they had. A lot of the times, if you're sitting on a really big IP like that, you'll try and hide behind, you know, like cut scenes or something from the game, stuff along those lines. But it's like they really put emphasis on the game. They weren't hiding anything. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it looks. I'm really excited about this. Um, I was a huge Skyrim fan. Um, Skyrim was the first Elder Scrolls game that I played. Um, I think I platinumed it on the PlayStation Three. Um, I absolutely loved that game, and so we, Jim and I, are actually talking about this. Um, and like Skyrim is one of those games. Like as a video game, if you would have asked me a couple of years ago, like what, uh, like if this video game would make a good board game, I'd be like, dude, there's no way there's no way you'd be able to make a game like Skyrim into a board game. Mm-hmm. But now talk to me now. And I'm like, Oh, to- like I can see it. And after looking at this trailer, I'm like, and looking through this game, I'm like, dude, it looks like it looks like this is going to be really, really cool with whole building your character and going through all the, ne- the story elements. It looks really cool. Um, and it's a li- little similar to like The Witcher, the old world that came mm. out while well, it was on Kickstarter a few months ago. But that's another one that is in the same vein as like an RPG <clears throat> video game that they've turned into a board game. And it looks really, really cool. So, yeah, mm. Skyrim, 100 percent. We're 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 both excited about that. Yeah, it's yep. kind of interesting. The You mentioned The Witcher and then there's also, you know, Fantasy Flight did their Fallout games. Uh, and, there, and there's been some Fallout like uh, miniatures games and stuff. It's it's interesting seeing the way these different Western RPG video games have been adapted. That seems like a a hot thing in the past couple of years. Yeah, and it's something that I feel like the board game industry is really moving towards a little bit. As I feel like I feel like even a couple of years ago, you didn't see a lot of these. Um, IPs turn into board games, at least good board games, expansive board games like like these. Um, I mean, are there other examples that we can point to that have like been done before well on this type of scale? Like, I don't know of any. To to be honest with you, that doesn't mean they're not out there. Speaking strictly with for video games, yeah, like like these, like you were saying, these Western RPGs that were video games that have turned into these types of board games. Yeah, I'm 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 sure there I'm sure there's a few examples. I can't think of one specifically. I don't know if Will has anything, but I mean I mean even... I haven't played the not Darks I mean there's the Dark Souls ball game, but that there one I Dark didn't Souls, right, yeah. But right. um I'm trying to I always forget uh, Bloodborne. I know it's not the same spirit, but I love the card game. I was gonna I say think. that game is pretty fun. Yeah, Simon uh, is probably the closest, like they've done a few of those 
they have God of War card game. They did, oh yeah, they've um, got the God of War card game. Yeah, um, few a few other big uh, and uh, and then Steam Forge is doing Horizon Zero Dawn. Mm. Uh, but, oh but still, yeah, all that's those right. Are, within the last couple of years. So yeah. Still right. Mods are just right. coming out soon too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But yeah, what I want for, and it looks like the Skyrim is definitely closer compared to maybe some of the other ones we we've talked about, uh-huh. but I, I, I want something that's either like pandemic legacy or like we're talking about familiar tales with these. Cause at least for me, these big games, like in particular fallout mass effect Skyrim, part of it, you're excited about because you make choices. You know, you yeah. always talk about all these decisions you have to make. And I feel like I want to see a game where that comes into play. Like maybe you put stickers down. Maybe you have to write down the things. Remember, I'm like, oh, remember that time you insulted someone? Well, it's coming back to haunt you. <laughs> yeah, like I, I'm I'm very interested specifically for the uh, the Witcher game. I mean, had did either of you play The Witcher 3? I did not. I've played Witcher 1 and 2. <laughs> Okay. I've yet to do Witcher 3. <laughs> so one of my favorite things about like the Witcher 3 was like even the side quests, there were there were so many story elements in that game to yeah. where like I made a decision and then like as they're telling the story, I'm like, oh, oh, you gotta be kidding me. That's what happened. Like it got killed. Like I got killed emotionally through just <laughs> the story elements from that game. I'd be I'm very interested to see if they're gonna implement. Uh, like how they're going to implement the narrative element in um, in in the Witcher board game um, specifically, but like that's my like my biggest thing for these video game RPGs is one of the things that I love is the narrative elements, the storytelling. So I'm very interested to see because they can totally do stuff like that in these board games. I'm oh yeah, very interested to see how they can be implemented. I mean, we've seen it before, and actually, that just made me think of one. At least to me, it's a little different, but it's a video game. Uh, adaptation that I thought did an amazing job, and that's this war of mine. Okay. You know, I don't think making impactful decisions is something unknown to board games. Right. right. I would just like to see that here. And I think part of the biggest challenge, though, which is sometimes not the answer, sometimes I just wish they wouldn't rely on it, is like when you look at these characters, like we have to use the protagonist you played as, even though you've yeah. technically seen their story. And most of the right. time, these worlds have so much to offer. I mean, the reason why you can do Fallout 1, 2, 3, 4, etc. is because you can. They like the, the world is not boring without the lone wanderer. Yeah. So, like I would love for them to maybe try to explore different corners of these worlds, uh be it past, present, preferably same time usually because then people don't get angry if you somehow retcon one of their decisions. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the the obvious thing to do with these games also that we don't uh, see as much, but I think there's a couple of them out there. TCGs. Just it's <laughs> 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 a good, good good way to go. But I mean, I was thinking even more obvious, just a role playing game, right? <laughs> like, is that too on the nose to just make a? Uh, there probably is an Elder Scrolls tabletop role playing game. Maybe I, there's I there is that there is a Fallout tabletop RPG. Yeah. I think it's the same people who make Modifius they make both of them. It, yeah, right? they yeah, do all yeah. because they make the miniatures too and stuff. Right. I think the difference is not the difference. The problem is, you know, for a lot of people, especially if you play video games, you're a very visual person. <laughs> you're like, give me the thing to look at. <laughs> but it yeah. might be the the case that you know, like, oh, I wish they would do more with these uh, choices and things. That I mean, and I agree with you. Board games definitely can do that. But maybe it's just it's not it's not always where they, where they excel. At least not compared to. 
RPGs, which is also it's just kind of funny because also these Western RPGs essentially were born from Dungeons and Dragons. So it's like all coming full circle or being adapted (laughs) and then adapted right back. (laughs) But part of it would be what I would be excited to see where they not beat, but where the board game could stand out is, you know, you play Mass Effect or The Witcher alone. The mm-hmm. tabletop, you can be like, this is really designed with the idea of you all together in mind, which yeah. maybe that can be much more impactful for the choices. For example, if right. someone's playing a certain character and you're like, you can decide to either kill off that entire group or maybe do something else that's bad. And if someone's like, those are my people. I don't want to kill off my tribe or something. Uh, yeah. I, I, just, I just always think back to the, uh, the Geth in Mass Effect 2 because that decision, I was like, I stared at it for way too long. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So many times there's no right answer. And that's usually a good when there's good choices like that. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot of good possibilities. So that is Skyrim, which is on GameFound. Yep. Uh, what other stuff are you looking at that's being crowdfunded right now, you guys? So one thing um, I'll mention this right now is uh, Marvel Dice Throne. Mm. So uh, when so when I found Marvel Dice Throne, I think Jim, I think I showed it to Jim. Yeah. Uh, it was probably like a week ago, I think. Mm-hmm. And the the Marvel Dice Throne was the first that I've really looked into Dice Throne. There have been so many, like I've seen so many pictures and ads of Dice Throne before, but I never really dove into it to figure out what the game was about. And so when I saw Marvel Dice Throne, so I looked at the Kickstarter, I'm like, Okay, so I've seen all this dice thrown, but what really is this game about? So we watch the trailer, and then we we see two things: we see cards and dice. And so I'm like, <laughs> "Good start." Um, okay, <laughs> we got really really good start because you know we're we're card game players, right? So that's those are the games we gravitate towards. And so when I'm reading it, um, I've I've seen I've seen a dice thrown compared to a mix between Magic and like um, Yahtzee. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, even magic. Okay, yes, good. So we looked at it. I'm like, dude, why have we not been playing these dice throne games? <laughs> so afterwards, I'm like, okay, back check. Now go buy dice throne rerolled season one. Okay, check that just came in the mail a couple of days ago. And so I showed. I'm like, all right, Jim, I found the next thing we're gonna start playing right here. <laughs> yeah, I was looking at. Oh, and that's the other thing. Like the character you play as, like. There's different difficulty levels, different ways on how you play all of them. And right. I'm just like, okay, that's even more customization for me. Yes. So, and I love the theory crafting parts. So, but the yeah. the only thing, Jim, that I don't like, I don't think there's any theory crafting because I, because I think it's all just the deck is the deck. I don't think you're mixing any of these cards. I I, I don't think I could be wrong. Could be wrong. Then I guess it would just come down to order of cards that the, you get. yeah the cards that you get right and the dice then true yes <laughs> that point. yes but there's like there's so many different yeah. permutations and different things you can do and jim saw the pyromancer and he's like uh burn yes please yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah there's one in every group <laughs> yeah burning stuff and that, that that is jim yes <laughs> yeah yeah I, yeah we, we also had not played dice throne before seeing this campaign launch but obviously you know marvel catches your attention you go oh, what's right that? right right and, and the characters in in the marvel dice throne are so there was there was a lot of controversy you know i'll say controversy because i think <laughs> i think i think that is apt 
I do think saying uh, saying their controversy is apt um, because there are a lot of people who were not happy with the the uh, choices um, with the characters. So the characters they have in Marvel Dice Tone, you've got uh, Black Panther, Scarlet Witch, Black uh, Black Widow, Doctor Strange, Capt- um, yeah, Captain Marvel, Loki, Spider-Man, Miles Morales and Thor. So people are like, well, how come you can't have Iron Man or how come you don't have um, Captain America or whatever? Yeah, like the, the original or more iconic ones. Right, right. Personally, like I can understand people, you know, giving that criticism. But personally, I like it. I like there's so many different Marvel characters you can choose from. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't want to be seeing the same ones over and over and over. Like, let's get some di- like I like getting these different characters in. Spider-Man Miles Morales is really cool. Um, I, I, I mean, there's, there's a lot of different Spider-Men, you know, just in, in the lore. I like the fact that they chose a different Spider-Man instead of Peter Parker. Um, Miles Morales is a really cool Spider-Man if if you ask me in my opinion. And honestly, I didn't know a lot about, uh, Miles Morales Spider-Man until, um, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse came out and that was that's an amazing movie. If you've never seen it, oh, yeah. go go see it. That is a freaking awesome Spider-Man movie. The soundtrack <laughs> is also amazing. That oh is, yeah. That is correct. Um, <laughs> I like Loki. I I just like the fact that they have these different characters in Marvel Dice Throne. So for me, that's exciting. Yeah. So I'm gonna rain a little bit, not because I disagree with you, but just for everyone. One, they're gonna pick people whoever's newest in the lineup. Loki just got a show. It's one of the reasons they're probably picked. Yes, two, correct. If you've ever played villainous Disney or Marvel, you know, they're not going to put everything here. They'll be like, you want Captain America? He'll be in the next expansion. <laughs> you know, it's so easy for that. It's, they know now to just spread out the ones that are going to be the, the highest money earners for lack of a better. Yeah. And, Although I, right. I would, I would only push I back. These are that. like small ones, but no. you know, like if you, I feel like odds are, if we were to look at merch sales, <laughs> certain heroes are higher than others. I would push the, uh, back on that only a little bit just because I do think Marvel at this point is big enough that almost e- every character is a big seller. Like there's so ma- there's like 30 characters that have had movies that are now like on that level, I think. Well, uh, remember it's there's big seller and then there's biggest seller. Yeah. Cuz really sure. they're they're only really looking at themselves. They're not comparing it to the DC or, or even like, um, um, whatever greater games heroes, which I'm totally blanking on now. Southern of the multiverse. Yeah. So most of these companies, they're not looking, they're being like, who's selling more Spider-Man, Captain Marvel, or the Eternals. And that's how they make their picks. Yeah. Like which characters are going to pull in more people? Like who is at that point, it's like a popularity contest, but also, also with Marvel dice. So if you look at the character roster, they are all having movies or have had TV shows within the past year, or they have upcoming movies, or we'll just say projects. They have had projects within the last year, and they have upcoming projects within this year or the following year as well. 
or, yeah, or even the nobodies. year after. <laughs> they, they didn't choose. I, I can't even think of a, a Marvel nobody now because I feel like I'll say one and then you can be like, no, they're, they're getting a, a show in about three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, when was, when was Into the Multiverse with uh, Spider-Man? Well, they have Spider-Man. Spider, the, new Sp- the next Spider-Man is coming out in December. I know yeah. it's not Miles Morales, but it is still Spi- yeah, a Spider-Man that's, that's character. That's why I was bringing it and up. And Spider-Verse 2 is, I think, <laughs> coming soon also and i mean like you said you need a spider-man or (laughs) spider-person because yeah Yeah. you don't need to explain why we need a spider-person yeah (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, into the spider-verse i still think critically is still considered probably one of the best marvel movies in general ever made Mm -hmm. at least it seems like whenever i I hear people have to rank yeah i would agree yeah, but I but I'm 100% with you uh Dan. I'm I'm glad they're using. I even looked at this and thought like they're not like to me these are the A-listers. I don't I think like I said we're at a point where they could have gone so way big. more obscure. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not even like they did like Daredevil or something, which even hey, he hey, has whoa, a show. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hang on. <laughs> hang on. Hang no, no. on. I love Listen, Daredevil, Don't man. get me no, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I love Daredevil, but like that's like maybe the next like the B level because he just yeah. just because his movie wasn't that good and there hasn't been like a reboot yet, you know. So hey, he had the Netflix show. No, yeah, Fingers, no, that's, but that's the, what I'm saying. Like it's it's hard to even find a Marvel character who yeah. is obscure anymore. <laughs> like they're all no, no right, yes, yeah. Iron Iron Iron, Iron Fist. I, I don't I don't know about Iron Fist though. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, that might <laughs> not they, get as much play. Didn't they also just recently make a Miles Morales? video game on like playstation yes yeah. so yeah. yeah the miles morales character was so. in the next well i guess the second spider-man he, he, from the he had like a didn't he have like a mini like i don't, I don't yes. think it's uh, like it, it was they it sold was, it as a full-sized game it wasn't like a dlc or anything no, no well yeah, it was a full he, game for no but he PS5. but he was in the first uh sony yeah the, the first sony spider-man miles morales was yeah he was right you he was playable in that one as well yeah, but now he's starting that, and also the next the one. N- yes, right, correct. It, it's just, I mean, we don't know much, but it looks like he should share equals the uh, stage. I don't know. Well, I think, theater. I think, I think it's gonna be like all miles. I, I think it could be. I don't know. I also did not play the miles one, so I don't know if it's sort of if that sort of hints at like Peter's retiring or whatever. <laughs> yeah, uh, we will see. Well, well, we'll have more Marvel to talk about later in the episode, yeah. but uh, <laughs> yeah. that's Marvel Dice Throne. Yeah. Uh, let's. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll bring it over to to you, Will. Is what what was a pick you got? This oh week? right, I yeah. need to make a pick. Yeah, well, you don't have to. <laughs> Uh, okay, good. Jonathan, you got no. Uh, my pick is actually going to be from GameFound. All right. And it oh. is a game called Wild Realms. This is a card game when you are playing different animal species. It's weird because the way they talk about it makes it sound like they're all mythical. Like there's like a legendary animal deck, but that deck's filled with like King Cobra or Bald Eagle. And it's all about placing them in the different regions, different abilities, but then also deciding if you want to use them for attacking instead and trying to match elements and stuff. It looked like an interesting idea with keeping with just regular animals, but making them still, uh, I guess, more fantastical than they might seem to be compared to like a unicorn or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the art on this looks really cool. It's got some really, like you said, it looks it's sort of a cross between realistically drawn, but with the, like the colors and things are just a little bit heightened. The colors mm-hmm. look really cool. 
Yeah, like there's like the the zebras just got some some purple stripes a little bit. <laughs> there's some nice <laughs> highlights there. Not um, gonna lie, not gonna lie, that king cobra looks legit. Yeah, <laughs> and so does that big horned ram. That looks really cool. I really love the uh, the thorny devil they have at, uh, near the bottom of their all their component things. But that's just because I'm always a fan of that crazy lizard. Oh yeah, that is really cool. <laughs> but this is uh, like a head to head kind of a card game uh there there's multiple players it's not a just two player so okay, sorry i shouldn't but, have said head-to-head but, yes. but you know that that vein. I, I wanted yes it, the idea is you're sort of like you need to head score to head, all, to head to head yes head to head to head <laughs> the the different realms and when you play creatures you can either put them there or in your pretty much your attack row and they can attack a realm that they naturally belong in your opponents and your goal is to try to balance putting defenders out while also, you know, you don't want your opponent to run ahead with the huge wall of creatures. And of course they'll have fun abilities too. So to make things weirder. Yeah. All right. So that is wild realms on game found. And I'd see they're letting you back it for just 35 bucks, which is looks cool. It looks cool. Yeah. And uh, you you just said card game. I'm like, uh, yes, please. (laughs) (laughs) We know how to get you. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, yeah, and so I will, I will admit there. I think GameFound is the place to be uh, this month, and there there are some interesting Kickstarter projects out there this week, but none that really fully captured my attention. I don't know that I honestly have a a pick that I feel real strongly about. Uh, there are a couple. There's one called Mega Pulse, which is they said is inspired by uh, F Zero and Wipeout. <laughs> Uh, it's like a futuristic racing game where everyone plays cards at the same time. And is this the closest we're going to get to getting an, a new F zero game? <laughs> oh no, that's the, that's the hot wheels game that came out recently. <laughs> they came out of the hot wheels game. Oh yeah. Video game. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but so there's that there, there's one from greater than games called devil bunny games, which I guess is a re that's a great name implementation yeah there was a devil bunny game from uh company cheap ass games back in the day and i'm I'm not sure what the origin of this character was but it's kind of like a it's like a bugs bunny ripoff basically and yeah the idea of the games yeah it's 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 a devil bugs bunny (laughs) that's literally (laughs) what it is (laughs) it almost seems like the games are based on like if if there was a bugs bunny cartoon you're like reenacting it kind of it's uh, it, it's if Bugs Bunny was on Adult Swim, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they should do that. Should yeah, do that. yeah, uh, yeah. Those those new Looney Tunes cartoons are kind of fun. Yeah, they have an HBO true. now. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I do have another one. Oh yeah, if, please, if I may. Um, so it's called For Glory uh, Champions Expansion, and they're doing a For Glory second printing. Um, and so this is the first that I'd heard of this game for glory. So it's a deck building game. So, so again, uh, you know, for, for anyone who doesn't know us, me and Jim, we're, we're, we are card game players. And so those are the games we, uh, we gravitate towards. We met over, basically we met over magic. So magic the gathering. So, um, this game, it looks really cool. So it's a deck building game, but it's based around, um, like Rome, right? So, Basically, what you're doing is you're you're running what's called a ludus, I believe. And so what you're trying to do is you're taking your gladiator, right? Your champion. 
Um, and it, it's a competitive game. So I believe it's two to four players, I think. Uh, don't quote me on that, but I believe it's two to four players. Um, and so you are trying to take your gladiators um, and build your deck and go up against uh, basically the other ones. Um, and so it looks really, really cool. So it is on Kickstarter right now, and they've got about a week to go. If you could just scroll down to the base game reviews video and take a look at uh, maybe uh, some of those videos and who made some, <laughs> you may notice two familiar faces. <laughs> yes, yes, we we you did. Guys, we in you fact did one of these. We we reviewed the original uh, printing, a, a copy of it uh, wow. of for glory. Yes, yeah, so we can we can give you the the whole scoop if you want. Uh, oh, there it is, there it is for glory review. Roll for credit. There we go. Look at those faces. Oh man, Will, yeah, what, Will, what are you doing there, man? I'm just smirking because I know how this battle's going to turn out. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, we we had a good time with that game. It's it it is fun. I mean, yeah, if you, I, for the style of game as you said that you like, I think you would definitely get a kick out of it. Uh, but I don't know as much about the, about the expansion, but uh, I, that could definitely be cool. But yeah, it's a very, also, I wish I could tell you if it went beyond two players. Cause I don't remember it, Cause we just played it with two, <laughs> but I think, I think in the expansion, it was either the expansion. I think it's the expansion. They were trying to expand it to multiple players. Mm. I believe um but yeah i mean me and jim will jim and i will just play two player <laughs> yeah but yeah it's, don't have it's a choice neat. yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh so that is for glory uh along with the champions expansion that's on kickstarter all right any anything else or we or shall we shall we get out of here I'll quickly just say uh, for Kickstarter, another one. This is actually a zine, even though we're not in the uh, zine month, Was is Valder's Guide to Unusual Familiars. It's just one of those cute books I really like that has a lot of weird creatures in there. Uh, I like how they do it because they made it so you could sort of adapt it to anything. It doesn't have exact numbers. It's like health. It has a health bar, armor bar, so you just give it to your DM or GM, and they're like, okay, uh, that's probably like this man, this much or whatever. And it's very cute, weird creatures. It's the kind of stuff I uh, I always enjoy when playing an RPG. Got it. So like designed to just th like a bestiary, basically for whatever system RPG you're playing. Yes. All right. What's what's that one? Vault Valders? Vald? V a l d a r. I'm probably mispronouncing it terribly. I mean, you can't. They if it's a word they made up, you can't beat yourself up for mispronouncing it. Like there's there's no, no there's no, no rule. I'm so good at mispronouncing it. They're like, it is a made up word, but you're so wrong. <laughs> as long as you didn't throw like an r r at the beginning or something. Like you're, you didn't just change completely a letter. <laughs> All right, so that's some, some of the stuff on Kickstarter this week. Let's get into games we've been playing in real life in the Table Talk segment. I don't know if I can say Table Talk. Table Talk. Table Talk. Okay. So obviously, Will and I played a lot of games the, the, the past weekend. We will not be talking about all of them <laughs> on this episode. We'll talk about a few. But before we do... Jim and Dan, I want to hear about some of the games you've been playing. And uh, also, I, you know, I'm curious, are these do, do you guys pretty much always end up playing games together with other people, different different gaming groups, game nights? What's the standard practice? 
So, so nor- so normally, um, when, when I'm not in the process of moving, <laughs> um, we usually, Jim and I usually just get together and play, play, just play games together and normally record them. Um, so that's normally the, normally the practice. And then like during the week, um, I don't know what Jim does. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like Not a whole lot. I, I think I, I think I think we mostly like play some video games like kind of uh alone. Um I I haven't had I haven't had a lot of time to play games uh, with my wife, which as much as I'd like to. Um so that that's 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 the normal process, I think, at least for me. Um but I mean Jim, you still have your D D night, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much like every week or every two weeks, D&D on Thursday, uh, we're playing through Dungeon of the Mad Mage book. Cool. Do you GM or are you a player? I'm just a player. Okay. Just a player. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> didn't um, didn't although, you GM not that long ago or DM? Yeah, I, I, uh, I dabble with it. Um, yeah. normally I'll try, I'll like take over if the DM wants to actually play a game. Then, <laughs> um, like putting them through something is is pretty enjoyable. But um, I tend to actually help a little bit more with um, with helping the 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 dungeon master with the with his game because sometimes he'll be like, "Oh, what should I do for this and this if this uh, occurs?" But other than that, uh, just the other day, I actually had a game night with my family oh, yeah. and some friends of ours. There was like ten of us. And, uh, I said, where yeah. was my invite? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, man, we were, I was there from probably like 4.30 to, um, oh yeah, this was Saturday going into Sunday. So even the hour rollback yep. for time, yep. um, I, w- I didn't get home till two o'clock in the morning with rollback. So it was really like 3 a.m. <laughs> well, um, so I w- we were there, we were playing, we played a little bit of Dungeon Mayhem. We played some old school Sega Saturn. All right. <laughs> and um, then we also played two games of Cards Against Humanity. Okay. Always, so, always a good standby. <laughs> yeah. Teaching teaching everyone how to play Dungeon Mayhem. I don't know if you guys have played it. I don't think so. But it's a, it's a Dungeons and Dragons card game. There's different characters. You know, there's generic cards like deal a point of damage uh shield yourself from a point of damage gain a card and then also heal but then all the characters do something different one can like cast a fireball to hit every single person for three damage one person the thief can put on a disguise and can't be targeted by or can't be affected by anyone else's cards and there's they came out with a monsters expansion so you could be like a dragon a mimic, a beholder. Hmm. There's there's 12 different characters, but every single time I've played this game with people, they've always had a great time and no different than the other night. It looks yeah. really fun. Now, seeing the art, I I remember uh, reading about this and it's it's done. It's the same artist who does Root and a lot of those games. It's oh, really yeah. Cool. Yeah. Wow. I, I didn't think about that. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I love Root. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very, very different kind of a look than you're used to for D&D, so that's that's cool. Yeah. One of my favorite characters, and Jim, Jim introduced this game to me, uh, the Beholder. The Beholder's uh, like ability 
uh, is was it praise me? And yeah. so, so what what do they have to do with that, Jim? So so they have to acknowledge your greatness. Yes, is yes. specifically what the ability <laughs> says. Um, and if they don't, they take two points of damage. <laughs> so I was actually playing this with my family uh, a few months ago. Again, we were playing it for like seven hours straight. Um, and my aunt, who's really like a second mom to me, she was really big in my life for a little, for a long time. And when I played the card, she refused to praise me, <laughs> just dying laughing as she took her damage. <laughs> Give me that damage. <laughs> <laughs> Worth it. Yeah, that was good. Uh, so that's that's uh, Dungeon Mayhem. That sounds fun. We gotta yeah. try that out. So um, I've been I've been playing a couple things, um, and Jim, I, I want to make sure you you talk about that other game. Um, but but Legends of Runeterra, um, it's ba- it's yeah. basically the uh, League of Legends card game. Uh, it's, yeah, it's we basically what it is. This a little bit when it first launched, but I I don't know about you, Will. I haven't ever gone back to it. Uh, no, I have not. I mean, I, I only, there's only so many cart yeah. collectible card games I can follow. So the night, what do you the, mean? Yeah. The nice <laughs> thing, the nice thing about legends of Runeterra is you can have a full collection of cards without ever putting any money into it at all. Yeah. The, re- the reward system in the game is, is extremely generous. Um, they want you to keep playing the game and basically they give you cards and shards and, you know, all the in-game currency basically to keep playing the game and grow your collection. Um, it's one, it's one of the best, um, digital CCGs that are out there in my opinion. Um, and it's just, it's a game that I just find myself continually just playing, um, all the time on my phone when I'm just sitting around waiting for something. Um, so Legends of Terra, it's fantastic. And there, I mean, it's Riot Games. So like it's done extremely well um, and they're con- and they're continually keeping up to date um, on on the game. And they're they've they've just done an amazing job with all the expansions um, so far. And they're keeping up with the competitive side. And it's just, it, it's a really good game. So if you're into digital CCGs or TCGs, I think you should definitely check out Legends of Runeterra. Like if you're if you're bor- burned out on Hearthstone. Um, check out Legends of Runeterra. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that they're updating it and everything because I, I mean, if, I guess it's just not the like circles that I, I walk in, but I, I just hadn't heard that many people talking about it after the launch. So I'm I'm glad to hear that it still has support and a, and a big fan base. I mean, I guess it's League of Legends, so I have to right. imagine there's some following there. And I, I also yeah. I also feel like um, you know inside the tabletop industry. You know, ever, ever since we've started, you know, becoming more of a part of this, you know, this uh, industry, um, I, I feel like the digital side, the digital games, like especially digital TCGs and digital CCGs, there's not a lot of, I guess I'll say support for in the tabletop community. Like it's hmm. it, like I, I feel like the digital or even maybe just the card games, like in particular, like Magic, they're like the redheaded stepchild. <laughs> that's just that's just a feeling. That's just a feeling that I've gotten. Like I could be way off, but uh, that's just no. I know that like uh, with Descent that came out. Whenever there's an app version, people this gamer board gamers seem to be very distrustful of it. Uh, we're always big fan of it. To be fair, though, uh, when it comes to particular things like going to Magic and Arena and stuff, 
it's very easy to see them, especially if it's a free to play and I'm putting heavy quotations around there where you start seeing some predatory models appear. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, they still exist in the paper form, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you mean the entire basis of <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, right, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I can, I can understand that that mentality and that framework for sure. Um, but for me, it's always been: Do I enjoy this game, and am I willing to put to put money into it to number one keep up with the formats, number one, number two, or even just be competitive? And like really, really get good at this game. Um, and and like that's and that I feel like that's magic, right? Like if you're into magic, you're basically going to be into magic. Even if you're just playing commander, like you're still going to be involved in the in the game, and you're going to keep up with the recent releases to see okay, what cards can go in my commander deck to make it even better. Oh yeah, I, my biggest miss is not that digital version exists it's more of the free to play also substituted like i missed the old like pokemon game boy game i had i think a Yu-Gi-Oh one for like game boy advance where it's like look here's the set of cards you can get in it but they realize like no one's gonna buy our game if they can just buy the video game one right so they stopped making those so and that's i miss being able to just pay 60 bucks yeah they and definitely have not stopped making those yeah and that's one thing that honestly you know for us being card game players getting into getting really more in depth into the tabletop industry i've come to really uh, appreciate and enjoy i feel like even more the living card games the expandable card games um and the card games that are really self-contained in a box and you really can play like the deck building games for example um, all of those games to where you don't have to invest thousands and thousands of dollars into your collection. You just buy the box and then there you go. Now you've got you can play a competitive game um, with your with your friends. So oh, I yeah. really loved getting into all of those games. And I feel like those are the games that we're continually being drawn towards. And it's oh, awesome. Yeah. I, I will say part of that, too. And I still love it in. LCGs didn't make this as much, but like, for example, I'm much more likely, I think, if I tell Jonathan, I have a new deck building game and he'll be like, okay, I'll try it versus I have a new TCG. Yeah. Here's a, could you use it and play it with me? Right. That will never happen. No, it'll never happen. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. But, but yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're good. They're good gateways. Yeah. Yeah, and before before Jim talks about this one game, um, we have been playing a lot of DC Deck Builder and Marvel Legendary because they're awesome games. <laughs> and those yeah. those again, I I find and and Jim Jim will uh, back me up on this because I've said this a lot so many times, like I, even on videos and just every time we play these games, I am continually amazed by the almost infinite replayability of the deck building games. Every single game is so different. Every every time we've played DC Deck Builder and Marvel Legendary, it's no two games are ever the exact same. No two decks are ever the exact same. Something different always happens in these games. And honestly, for me, that's awesome. Like I paid 30 bucks for this core set and I get all these experiences out of it. And like it's it's really scratching our card game and our strategic card game um, brains. Right. And it's just they're so awesome. And it's really cool. I love it. Yeah, that is awesome. I'm I'm very glad that that 
continues to be. I think it's the case for us too, except that we just never have the chance to play them as much <laughs> anymore, yeah. which yeah. is sad because I'm like, yeah, I know those experiences are still there and I still get excited about them, but I'm, but I'm glad that at least somebody out there has given them the the mileage they deserve. <laughs> yeah. And that's, and that, and we, I think we, we, I think we're always going to, too, because that's always what we find ourselves gravitating towards. And like, we, we want yeah. to, you know, we don't want to, we want to honor that, I guess is the best way that I can say that because it's just, it's what we enjoy. So, um, but before, before I'll let me get off my soapbox, I, Jim, Jim's got to talk about this one game. <laughs> this, this is a game. So <laughs> we're talking, I'm essentially from the future right now. Okay, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, We're doing next level stuff. Um, you guys know about the blockchain and NFTs. Oh, oh, we had a whole podcast about those. I know all about them. <laughs> so there's a card game I'm playing <laughs> that is on the blockchain. And these cards are NFTs. The packs are again, are all NFTs. And um, it's, it's a card game, but it's also a little bit of a mix of like RPG. So like you have your tank cards, you have like healers, range DPS, melee assassins, things along those lines. You go into a game with a set of rules. So it can either be standard to where there are no rules or it could be like there's no healing. Every single turn, people will get poisoned and then they take damage. So you set your characters up in a line between one and six, and there's also a mana cap value and changing the rules, changing the mana cap, you know, makes it to where there aren't just one set of cards that are ridiculously broken. And so you have to make your line up to where your tanks up front, you could have a healer behind him every single turn that he takes damage from the opponent's he is now getting healed and you want to also make sure that you have, you know, um, enough damage output. So this game I have been playing religiously for the last three months now. Wow. <laughs> like there's, there's times where Dan's like, Oh, what have you been up to? I'm like, nothing. I've just <laughs> been playing this game. And when I asked that, when I asked that, I already know the answer. To yeah, it. It's like, but it's not a bad thing. So, we talked about how like other card games, especially if it's online. So like MTG arena, um, you know, you're putting in all this money and there's nothing you can take out in this game. Since everything is an NFT, you can sell it and remove the money that you put in or also get more money back because, well, these card prices will appreciate in value. And once they make a set or a card is out of print, they're not making it again. So the more and more people come into the game, the more and more these prices go up in value. So essentially they've taken, they've taken the last thing from physical trading card games that you couldn't do in a digital version. And they, they've done that. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yep. There's, there's buying, selling and renting cards as well. And the thing oh is, God, since it's all rent. digital, your cards are always in mint condition. There's no loaning cards out, and it gets damaged. Mm-hmm. Hey, you don't got to buy sleeves. Exactly. <laughs> yep, there you There's go. Sleeves. <laughs> wow. Okay, so, yeah, I mean, my, I think mine and probably most people's reactions when you hear, oh, there's a card game that with NFTs and blockchains yeah. is probably, oh, well, that sounds bad. 
yeah. but it sounds but yours it sounds like you actually think it's this is a genuinely good game yeah i i would not be i am heavily invested is what i'll say <laughs> um i would not be as invested into this if i did not think it was a good thing and, and, go and ahead, like Jim, my history in card games and gaming in general like i i understand the market for magic Yu-Gi-Oh, pokemon i've been in that for a very long time um and what the game developers are even doing is like they they go out of their way to tell people it's like the longer you're in this game the better it is for you mm-hmm. yeah because if you're if you've been in it since so i guess i'll, I'll let you know this people that were in it a year ago you know they've invested like a couple thousand dollars their card prices are pretty much 10 to a hundred times the amount as what it was. Wow. <laughs> it's absurd. Yeah. There's, there's like two sides to, and, and that's one of the things with honestly, all, all card games, like TCGs and CCGs in particular is what we're talking about. There's always two sides to that. You have the, um, actual game itself that you're playing, number one, and then the other side of that coin is the um, the market, the the value for these cards that you're playing with. And so Jim has always been really good about understanding these markets, the secondary markets for all of these card games. Um, and like honestly, that is where that's where Jim really, really shines. And he knows he knows his stuff. And yeah. so he when he told me about it, he was like super stoked and super excited because like if you're playing like if you're a player, you, you're part of what you're wanting is like, OK, and, and you and you hear this a lot, too, from people. They're like, well, I don't know if I want to put all this money into this game and then, you know, I'm not getting anything out of it. Well, like with this game in particular, like, yes, you put if you put money into it, you can't get all of that money back. Like there yeah. there's ways for you to get all that money back. And then on top of that, there's ways for you to make money. So if you're just an investor and you want to use this as a marketplace and make money off it, you totally can do that. And that's not to say, well, I'm going to use this mark this market just to screw people out of money. No. No, that, that that's that's not it. And yeah, honestly, you, and as you also really can't because of, yeah, since every single person in the game can do that, like the the amount of competition you have is ridiculously high. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. So that's really really cool. And and I think and I think as TCG players and CCG players, like that's one of the reasons that I think it's a reason that players get into these games is because there is a marketplace for it. Um, and like that, that is a draw. And to some people it's, it's, it's a negative, it's a con and that's what keeps them out of it. Um, and that's, and that's fine too, like to, to each their own to to be quite honest with you, but yeah. Yeah. And another thing about it is you, it's not like you're just putting money into it to own these cards and then hope those prices increase you using the cards inside the game. You're earning cryptocurrency as well. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's another form that you're you can just take out of the game. If you want to keep all your cards, it's like, oh, well, every couple days I got like ten dollars, twenty dollars, whatever it is that you get. You can then take that out if you want or you can reinvest it into the game. I mean, this is fascinating. (laughs) I find this fascinating. (laughs) Watching gaming is I what I think the future. 
Yeah, it's certainly a piece of the future, I, yeah. I think. Uh, and it's I, it's definitely not my thing. <laughs> I don't yeah. think this is a thing. But I also think what's interesting about it is it, it's not my thing for the exact same reasons. TCGs, TCGs aren't. Yeah, yeah, TCGs aren't my no. thing. But it, but it's but I think it's kind of cool because it is that digitally and like you said you play a bunch of uh magic arena or hearthstone or whatever and i mean maybe this is like a cynical way of looking at it but you know once you're if you get tired of the game you can't, it's not like you can sell off your cards like yep. you're, yeah. exactly. you're done well you can sell your account but then it might get banned but that's a different thing. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i mean it, it does feel like the it might honestly be the most logical argument I've heard yet for the existence of NFTs. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I know I can tell, I, I, well, at least I feel like I know that will, you're not going to be, you're not into this idea. I don't want to comment on this one. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, no, I, I totally want, I want to really hear same. I, I want to hear your take for sure. Oh, God. Um, I mean, I was on board when you verse sort of started, but to me, like, one of the reasons I like some of the idea of moving to digital is because digital has the ability to maybe, um, what's the word? I'm, uh, to, to get around the things that we can't do. Like you can't, we can't infinitely print a set. You can do reprints later, but those aren't always guaranteed. A digital allows that. But mm. to me, this sounds more like, look, we made this new electric car. It's charged on a horribly inefficient diesel engine. Like it's like we we have the technology, but we not fixing the problem that we wanted to fix. It's putting limitations into place that don't yeah. need to exist. Like I love opening a pack of cards and getting that rare, maybe like very expensive card or something. Yeah, I would not blink of eye. Wizards came out and said like we're going to reprint everything, so make sure every card costs a penny. Yeah. Like I would not, I don't care about that. I, I don't think of my magic cards as investment owning them in and of itself. It's the same thing as purchasing a board game or an action figure or something. It's like it's value to me has already been served. Right. So I rarely think of it at that point. At most, I might think of it being like buying a single and which is why I, where arena fails is because anyone who's played arena, like you can <laughs> trade in, but you you can't trade with other people. Yeah. which is a very big thing in the trading community because sometimes you just get cards you don't want. And this has a lot of that. It's just that, I once again, when you said that no reprints, I just imagine, like, if I didn't hear about this game now, like, if I heard about it five to ten years from now, mm -hmm. will it be worthwhile for me to join? Mm. Well, it, it depend. It would all depend on anytime a question like worth um, comes into play, my first question would be, what is your goal? Right. So if you're, if you're, if, if someone is saying that in their mind, their worth of a game is honestly fully just tied to their experience within the game, um, then that's hard to say. If, however, they're, they're suggesting that, 
um, the, their worth from the game is based on um, the monetary, right? Let's say if it's if it's hundred percent monetary based, then yes, like if it's something where you're going to make money off of it, then yes, of course it's going to be worth it because you're going to make more money than you put into it initially. But I feel like, in, and I feel like this is the case in a lot of the tabletop industry, which is fine. Um, a lot of people have the take or their view of it is 100% based off of the experiences that they're going to have and that is it. They are not looking at costs, they're not looking at, you know, money, like the money that's being exchanged. They're really just looking at how can I enjoy this with my friends and can yeah. we have a really good time? And I think that's right. cool too. So like if you're looking at it from that standpoint, then something like this to you, to that person is most likely not worth it. Like mm. uh, when it comes to TCGs in particular, I guess what I'm trying to say is when I say, is it worth it? I should have clarified. Is it, can I win? Mm. Would be the thing. Like if I don't know what your formats are in those games, but like, for example, in magic, if they're, if you're trying to join an internal format and you don't have those cards that were printed back before the year 2000 mm -hmm. or something off the, the, the reserve list. Right. You right. know, it, the bar is very high, which is why I hate the reserve list and things about not reprinting. Well, you really just need the lands for like legacy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, any, because just power creep is a hell of a yeah. drug. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. No, yeah. absolutely. And that's all my thing. Like, if you said they'll reprint things and maybe like your mm -hmm. NFT is just of this art version of it, which still holds value. And we've mm -hmm. seen that like a Sheevan Dragon is a five cent card, but like an old one holds a lot more you know, monetary value, yeah. then I'd be like, that's fantastic then. And because that is an NFT, you're following, you're tracking the things. It makes older ones still worth more. Mm -hmm. You can literally track it. But on a mechanical sense, hypothetically, you're never closed out. Yeah. Which who knows, even down the line, they might consider that. Of if like they do, I would changing it. I, I would be, that would be, the, that's like really my big type. It's always mm -hmm. reprints is always the thing that worries me. Like mm -hmm. I could not care if they made like a literally if they made like a tournament where they made a special NFT, like one person's going to get a card, yeah. but, but it's just like, you know, the pretty art of another one. But on, on, on the flip side of that, I think you'd probably have a different point of view if you played magic when it first came out and you yeah. had this collection that you've spent, you know, a considerable amount of money on and you know is worth however millions of dollars oh, and yeah. then and then wizard said oh yeah those cards that you have yeah we're repenting them and now they're going to be worthless well not even uh, just that if you you still started playing like maybe like two three years ago you just got really big into legacy and you did drop the money on that stuff yeah, right you would still well i mean <laughs> I personally yeah. would still want my cards to hold their value. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, right. I chose right. the extreme with the whole penny thing. And right. That yeah. right. And once again, this one is not an extreme version of it. But my friend, for example, uh, oh, God, what was the name of that Kaladesh vehicle that they banned? Um, uh, Smuggler Copter. Smuggler's yeah, Copter. Yeah. He bought a full set for a deck, for a yeah. standard deck. Yeah. You know, we're not talking nearly the price of legacies and stuff. Right. Yeah. And I think it got banned within a week of uh, that happening. It, it and wasn't. it just. It wasn't banned for or in like a week, but it did get banned relatively no, quickly. I mean, banned in a week of when he purchased it. Oh, oh understood, okay. understood, oh, understood. God. Right after he purchased it. Yeah, that's, oh. that's you know, bad. yeah, yeah. And that really does stink. But I just so many times, in particular, like when I when it comes to commander, 
be like, hey, Jonathan, or someone like new, you want to play like, oh, what would be interesting? Like, well, there's this card, but you're probably going to want this card. And it's out of, been out of print for about five years. So, and of course, everyone already bought all the copies because they're yeah. speculating. Yeah. I, I just, I, I, it's just very hard for me. And then, of course, when it comes to board games, I've already ranted so much about how I don't like Kickstarter exclusive things. Yeah. Uh, and you believe in like, equality and fairness for all. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it's that because it's still impossible. Okay, you to don't do that. believe in equality and fairness for all. Okay. <laughs> I just, I don't want to pretend I'm a paladin here. I just want to say that. Like, Oh, you are. Come on. <laughs> I, I'm a fake one. <laughs> you do your best. I don't think a paladin has as big of a board game collection as I do. I'm a bit more aristocratic. Accent. but it just uh, it always just sinks when you miss the boat and i just feel so many of these times that can happen yeah and unfortunately and and i know jim and i have talked about that 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 feeling especially when it comes to, to kickstarters but the unfortunate thing i feel like is you're never going to get rid of that like it, yeah i mean especially just like you said industry. before if my my method quote unquote happened like all the people who just invested or bought those legacy cards someone's gonna lose it feels yeah. like yeah yeah yeah, <clears throat> yeah. and and that and and honestly that's like the the way to look at it in in just in regards to tabletop there's always a loser right like in in these games if you're if you're not the winner you're the loser unfortunately and and i feel like if my i mean my whole thing is like i've for me, it's all about attitude and I want to make sure that, uh, you know, I'm only looking at my attitude, right? And I want to make sure that I'm having the best attitude that I possibly can. And if I'm losing in a situation, then I need to accept that and be okay with it. Um, and I mean, that's something I feel like a lot of us can, especially in, in the tabletop space, can really learn from is like, we're not always going to win and that's okay, but we do need to put ourselves in the best position to win that we possibly can but if we lose you know we let the chips fall where they may and then if we come out as the loser i mean it sucks it's unfortunate but we do we should all you know have the best attitude that we possibly can and and honestly then learn from that loss and then and then move on and move forward i mean that's like I, I think I went a little too deep on that, <laughs> I apologize, but, but it's some, it is something that, and I, and I know Jim can attest to this for me personally. It's something that I've learned honestly in the past couple months. And something I feel like I've gotten a lot better at is just being okay with losing and then moving yeah. on from it. Yeah. 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 Hey, good, good, good words to, <laughs> to end that on. <laughs> I think that's something that we can all take to heart. And, and again, like, again, whether or not, your uh it's the kind of thing that you think is good or bad or for you or not for you i still think that the just the concept of this scheme splinterlands that that idea of it existing is really interesting and i definitely will be curious to find out like in a year are you still playing it and how, how is it what's what's happening with it how how will it develop will other competitors pop up yeah. in that sphere i mean uh, we're pretty much in year zero of like blockchain gaming so. yeah right well, well we'll see with what steam announced if that will hold up or not <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah uh okay so let's let's just spend we'll spend a little bit of time just talking about some of the games will and i played this past weekend which uh maybe some people listening to this watched us play we'll just do a handful though the uh, the first these were all decidedly 
uh, standalone non-collectible games. And uh, the first one that we started the stream off with is a two-player game called The Rocketeer fate of the future which is kind of uh there is a board when there's some area control but it is a largely card based so maybe something up your guys alley no i almost said jan and dim i don't know how to (laughs) names anymore but i was gonna ask are you guys fans of the rocketeer movie oh my goodness yes i remember watching that game when i uh, that movie when i was a kid um the rocketeer was so cool and then and then it had um Oh shoot! Uh, Timothy Dalton, I think, was the villain in in the movie, um, but I loved that movie. And so when I saw this announced as a board game, I'm like, um, "That looks cool because I love the Rocketeer." Um, <laughs> so definitely. Oh, and also they have a Rocketeer, a kids version on uh, Disney Junior that my kids watch. So. <laughs> oh, cool! Yeah. So anyway, it looks cool. How was it? I'm I'm interested to know how this game was. Yeah, so basically, like I said, it's a two-player game. One player is the good guys, and one player is the bad guys. And you are trying – You have each person has three pawns of different characters, and you're trying to control different sections of the board. And you're playing cards that you can use to either, like, move and try to fight each other, um, or they'll have special abilities that give you special uh, powers that you can use. And you're essentially trying to get these cards, finale cards – that are where you're going to get your points from to help you win. And there you draw one from a deck. You don't know what it's going to say, but it might say like you get extra points if you control this spot at the end of the game or something. And there's also the, the issue of the plans. You're trying to get the plans for the jetpack. And the good guys start with them, uh, and each character, there's there's decoy plans, and you assign them to your character secretly, and every time you get attacked, they see if you had the real plans, and they try to steal it from you. And if you have those plans, you're going to get more advantages and things. Um, I, I I thought it was pretty good for our, for our first time playing it, I, having not watched the movie in, in many years. Uh, and Will Will is a, a non-Rocketeer person, so what, what was your... Uh, feeling on the first game. I think you also liked it pretty well. I, yeah, I had a lot of fun. It really is an interesting uh, hand management game because yeah. when you draw your full hand, it will refer to your characters, but each card, uh, some of them can be used by all three, but a bunch of them can only be used by a specific one. So there's a mm-hmm. lot of deciding like, okay, this turn, really only this guy can do much. So you have to decide, am I going to go out strong and hit or should I uh, try to bait my opponent a bit? So then I can have that one larger turn at the end when they're not expecting it. And of course, depending on whether you have the plans or not, will define how aggressive you're probably going to play. So I, I, and you know, for a two player game, I thought it had like the right amount of like, not being too complex, but (laughs) also plenty of strategy of deciding which areas are worth fighting control over. Cause it is very hard to like win maybe more than one. You could be lucky to win a couple more sometimes, but usually if you're winning a couple, it's because your opponent's also winning a couple. Right. At the end of each round, you see who has just basically whoever has the most pawns at an area wins it, but you each only have three. And if you tie, nobody gets it. So you're you're really deciding, am I going to try to win a bunch or do I try to really get one or do I just try to stop them so nobody gets anything? <laughs> uh, and if you knock them out with attacks, that can also help. 
but yeah, yeah, the th- the thing that I kept running into, as you said, was like, oh well, this turn I have uh, eight cards. You don't actually have that many. I have five cards for this character, so they're going to have a huge turn, and like one for this other character. Uh, and yeah, it was it was it's, it can be tricky to try to figure out how do I play this so I'm not just that character is not just a sitting duck. Well, it was funny, like you you said that, but I remember one time during the game, you're like, you've activated two. How many cards in your hand? I'm like, five. And you're like, why do you have so many? I'm like, make a wild guess. (laughs) Right, because they were all for one character (laughs) that hadn't gone yet. Uh, Yeah, it kind of of reminded me of the way Keyforge works, how you have like the different houses uh, that determine what you can do. It it does, but I think... It's different because in Keyforge, you don't... Like, if you don't activate certain creatures i feel like it doesn't feel like you at least to me it feels like i didn't like waste or anything or miss anything in this game it's like i want all three of my characters to to do a few things every round i I felt like i think part of it is since you rotate between the three like key forge you might be like all right i'm I'm gonna activate sanctum again i really want to go dis you don't have that option also and maybe key forge has this i i have not played in a while but you know, like I said, some of the cards are for two characters. So you can decide who would be more useful to use it for. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, the multi-use cards are, are cool. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, fun, fun little card. I think, you know, we recently we talked about also from Funko Games, the Goonies board game. And we still have more to to play in that system. But I think of the two nostalgia Funko games, this one I had a little bit better first impressions on. Uh, but we'll see. To be fair, I feel like because... The Goonies one is more campaign. It's almost yeah. like I mean that that's that's all of that's on just caveat caveat first impressions. <laughs> I I th- I had a better time with this one so far. That's all. Fair enough. Uh, well, we played it. We also played a couple games at various points of the night that I think we'll just touch on because you had talked about them before on here, but it was my first time playing them, uh, which was the new Dinosaur Island Roll and Write game called Raw and Write, and then also So Clover, which is a party a word guessing party game. That one, I think you predicted I would really like it, and I did. It's it's very much, if you like just one or code names, it's definitely in that wheelhouse. A uh, really, really cute, creative word guessing game. Uh, Dinosaur Island Raw and Right was, um, as, as you, you know, not a not as simple as I expected it to be. Usually, Roll and Rights are on the lighter side, <laughs> and Dinosaur Island <laughs> Raw and Right is basically Dinosaur Island but you just draw instead of having tiles like they really? they did not they did oh yeah not they, go easy on you <laughs> interesting it's, it's you, a lot. you are keeping track of a lot of different tracks you still have all your dna when you spend money there's like six places for you to spend it on huh. uh you you are the part that i like the most uh is the because and it's the probably the most unique thing is drawing your park yeah, because you're trying to plan out efficient routes and stuff, and that is, I think, where the game shines the most. It's when they did something different. Yeah, and 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 there's not to say that I didn't like it. I did, but I definitely it was a little overwhelming to play it for the first time uh, and try to learn everything. But by the end of the game, I was like, okay, I think I get it. Like I would have done this differently my first round. I, I see where I went wrong, but it is interesting that you have because you know we've talked about and there's yet to be a. We have yet to make a final decision on this. Uh, at least I don't think you have. Between is it worth having Dinosaur Island and their new one, Dinosaur World? 
And I would have thought that this would be the one that's like, well, this is a companion. And it feels like, well, no, that's also in the mix of like, maybe you just need one of these three games. <laughs> like they're all really similar, which is kind of weird. Yeah, on, weirdly enough, I would say this one is almost like the weird child of the two because world's <laughs> whole big thing is you put tiles down then you have to oh yeah travel your jeep around it's a bit more freeing but it's the same idea where you actually have to care about the path so to speak you're not everyone's not just visiting everything right right um but yeah like i said i remember when i like i first got it it you think of rolling rights are like this is the nice lighter version i can get people to play with and you're like no oh there are <laughs> there's a lot of math there's a lot of math and it you know it was even funnier because i i played all of it solo beforehand and how different it changes when you have other players especially someone who decided to go all in on large carnivores and raise everyone's threat yeah there's a whole system where if you have a lot of carnivores um you have to worry about security because your dinosaurs might break out and eat people and so the right way to play it okay got yeah, it you don't <laughs> gotta worry about it. yeah one so we had one player who went didn't even try to secure themselves they, they went <laughs> it wasn't hey, even that, that sounds like somebody that i know <laughs> like someone uh, to call. remember when we were talking about every group has a pyromania <laughs> <laughs> yes this is our gruel player yeah. and what yeah. He lost like 50 points at the end for he still made it positive net. <laughs> yeah. What? But he was like, what you know, it was like he just it wasn't even close to winning, even though, yeah, he made more than maybe he should have. <laughs> but it was like they the designers did not intend for you to do this. You're really stressing the limits of this thing. <laughs> we played Dinosaur World at Gen Con, and let's just say Jim had uh, so, negative, so, what, 100? So before we get to the negative, <laughs> I ended the game with like maybe 60 points. And then we got to negative, checked those. I had like a hun- negative 160 something. So uh, yeah, I ended with like negative a hundred. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Oh wow. Yeah. Well, it makes me feel a little bit better about my bad. Like I played Dinosaur World solo. Sometimes I'm like, all right, this would be good to stream. My stream went terrible. I got <laughs> everything went bad, and I'm like, oh god, my park's falling apart. I mean, you don't watch Jurassic Park to see it run smoothly. Exactly. You want to see those dinosaurs. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We had. I mean, you know, the whole the whole death system. I mean, that's supposed to add to the. Uh, to, I'm to, like that. That game is flawed. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> How does deaths you know, in your park not lower the excitement? Boredom the, yeah, the boredom counter. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, actually, Pandasaurus listening, that's the next dinosaur <laughs> island yes. universe game. Yes. Play as the dinosaurs. You're trying to escape. Yeah. You Give me kills. a call. Okay. I'll, I'll help you with yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We got to make this happen. Um, and then finally, the one, of course, I think everybody wants to hear about. We, we also did some digital games. We played the newest entry in the Mario Party series, Mario Party Superstars on the Nintendo Switch. This one is sort of a quasi remake of various boards and games from the first, mainly the first three Mario Party games on the N64. So they finally realized, oh, our Mario Party games we've been making the last decade aren't really that good. (laughs) Let's just reboot the ones that everybody is nostalgic for. And uh, we we did a round of that of a four player, a four player game. Uh, Jim and Dan, any Mario Party 
love or oh yeah yeah. (laughs) we were actually just talking about this yesterday yeah Yeah. have you have you had the chance to play the new one or are you or are you like or would the n64 ones be your you know your nostalgia sweet spot too yeah i haven't played the newest one um but i was telling dan i'm like you know there there's been a lot of families that uh mario party has ruined i'm yeah, sure yeah. oh it, it almost um, ruined ours like, on stream <laughs> yeah it's like oh man i'm in first place and then someone steals your star and you're furious all right so so i i am now going to uh twitch.tv slash uh what roll for crit live is that i that's, think that's, that's it, what it yeah. is <laughs> we'll find it around hour nine or something all right i'm, I'm totally gonna have to f- look up that vod here <laughs> yeah uh yeah i mean it is i i do think it is the general consensus and that i agree with is it's probably the best mario party game in years mostly because they just didn't really mess with the formula it's it's what you know and love what you expect it has a few more options that i like not as many as i would like i wish Mario party games had more customizability to them but they have like balanced some things especially compared to the the most recent entry that we played um and it's mostly the best mini games that everybody loves. So I'm I'm pretty happy with it. And even though on stream you'll see me throw a fit because I because <laughs> I I won all three bonus stars, but it wasn't enough. Uh, Will Will ran away with six stars at the end, and, uh, and definitely send me that link, Dan. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh yeah. I, I will say once again, it wasn't the same person. <laughs> but uh, we have multiple pyromaniacs in our group, <laughs> and uh, one of them has decided Jonathan is the fuel to the fire that they're going to burn, regardless <laughs> of what's going on. Well, there was one I think I stole from him, like in round two, and for so for the rest of the game, he was like, "You're my enemy," and uh, it doesn't. I don't care if you're in fourth place or first. I'm going to steal from you from now on. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that didn't help. It's it's sort of funny because I feel like I was silent all of these things where my but I'm like, I don't know if I am the right choice right now because someone else I felt like was in first. And when that person got in fourth, I was like, where were you? I thought you were doing better than all of us. It is the thing with Mario Party with those bonus stars. That's Sometimes true. you don't you, know. Sometimes. Well, it's not even the bonus stars. He just ended up with no them out like no stars and quit at the end. I don't know how. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but yeah, if you if you have ever liked Mario Party, and this one has online play built in from the start. So Oh, there you go. Oh man, that is a plus. All right, we are going to end our show, but before we do, let's just take a quick visit to the Meeple Gallery. Meeple Gallery. Isn't that a fun little jingle? We don't always get to visit the Meeple Gallery, uh, but this week we had a question from one of our Meeples. And by the way, if you would like to submit a question, listeners, you can do so by emailing us meeplegallery at gmail.com. Uh, this one comes from uh, a fan, a longtime fan of the show, the Ernie4SS on YouTube. Uh, he asked us about a reference we had made in an earlier podcast to the board game Coconuts, which is a dexterity game. And we had talked about the fact that you could combine multiple copies of this game in order to play a larger version of it. Um, and he asked, how do you combine multiple copies and i think extending this question a little bit i want to talk about just in general the idea of bringing together multiple copies of a game whether it be like in the case of something like coconuts just multiple core sets that you combine or even something like uh you know we brought it up 
DC deck builder or, or legendary mixing together, maybe disparate sets, disparate universes and, and putting them into one giant game. Uh, uh, Dan or Jim, is, is this something you have experience with? What's, what's your take on combining different sets of, of standardized board games or card games and making one giant mess of things? Well, I I, I, th- I feel like my biggest thing, like, and I've done that before, <clears throat> um, but what I try and do, like, my first thing that I usually ask is, does it make sense? It doesn't have to, obviously, um, but that's usually what I, my first thing is, does it make sense? Um, and then actually, the pro- the question you probably have to ask yourself first is, like, is it possible? Like, in the, in the in the case of, like you said, DC Deck Builder Marvel Legendary, super easy to mix and match um like the those boxes right um like if you wanted you could take all the dc boxes and like throw everything together um that would be really weird but you could do that like it's possible um i have done it uh, it's not i would not advise oh i I, i'm sure i i'm done it with three boxes and it was uh it was a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I I usually am like, okay, I usually have a goal in mind. So like when we did one of uh, the last Marvel Legendary videos we did, um, and I feel like a lot of people do this now, um, but we specifically picked out the heroes we wanted to play as through that first Mar- the first Avengers movie. So we picked out mm. five Avengers, um, and then we picked the Mastermind. Um, and then you can go through like all the different expansions and just pick out the heroes you want to play as, and then like look and see, okay, does this kind of make sense? What kind of issues would I run into? Um, but yeah, I mean, it's totally doable, and like you it's it's have fun like that's the thing with the, these tabletop games is you can do whatever you want and then if something doesn't make sense make up your own rules on the fly if you need to um but yeah i mean it's it's super cool and like i i love i love doing that especially with these deck building games yeah uh well you said you said it didn't go well for you <laughs> <laughs> yeah well the problem that we're like with the dc deadline when you throw everything together uh and legendary sort of subverts this a little bit not always is each when when you think like coconuts the thing is when you combine multiple core sets they're all playing the same rules when i combine all the dc boxes you know the titans play a certain way versus the villains and stuff and Mm -hmm. if those cards aren't coming out in the right ratios yes yeah you're not having as good of a time you've got different legendary yeah. yeah legendary gets around this better because usually a hero, most of them can support themselves, sort of. Um, but like, even still, you're probably like, if someone does artifacts, I want two people with artifacts, you know, or whatever. Or if you're playing with Spider-Man, maybe two people who have the two power thing. Yeah, right. The uh, the the what I really like that some of the legendary expansions have done. Maybe the multiverse box story did for DC, but the big example I can think of is the um, actually the last expansion from Arkham Horror Second Edition. That second expansion was literally designed to be like, here are the cards you can use if you're using both Innsmouth and Kingsport. Like they designed it to then to be make bridge cards in essence. Like now, will you have a, like going to Legendary? You have an artifact card that maybe also acts as a shard or. Uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other weird mechanics now from Legendary. <laughs> yeah, that works. Uh, like, like something that get you excited to mix sets. Yeah, yeah, because all those mechanics, I feel like they do. 
Um, they just do the a mechanic for like a set or a expansion, and then they like right. don't use it again. And, and when you only get four heroes with artifacts, I remember <laughs> for a long time we're like, we loved artifacts. So even when we got throned ones, we're like, close enough. <laughs> yeah, they've been better about that lately. I think Upper Deck finally just ran out of ideas. They're like, <laughs> we need to start bringing these keywords back because <laughs> we can only come up with so many ways to draw a card or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, with any of these, any card game, I feel like that's always a, a plus to bring back. Yeah, not You don't need to make it evergreen or anything, but... Yeah, when you get a weird mix, because, you know, I, I feel like you watch Magic where they do the more modern masters or something and you get something that has like, I don't know, like Riot and Bushido. Everyone's like, what? What is this? Because <laughs> you never think of that interactions because they weren't from the same expansions. But now that's a possibility. Like you don't need to reinvent the wheel. You already have a bunch of tools. Yeah. Just put two together. <laughs> I think a really interesting uh, example of this is that in an official capacity is with Dead of Winter, they released a an expansion called Warring Colonies, which turned this zombie hidden trader game into a team-based game that required you to have two standalone core sets of Dead of Winter that you would then combine with this new expansion. <laughs> Just to make a just giant game. I never tried it. I heard it didn't work out that great, but ambitious. And I, I think a lot of times, I, I, I wonder how this goes for anybody, because I feel like a lot of times the reason board games will limit number of players is A, for um, game time, just because the game goes too long with more people, and B, for price of components. They just want to keep the cost of the box down. So it's like, well, it's four <laughs> players and maybe we have a five or six player expansion later. Uh, but I wonder how many people, if anybody, just is like, I'll just buy two of these and just that way I can play with everybody and just you have a you have a deck for everyone now and a player board for everyone now. Uh, it probably doesn't work that well for a lot of games, but it's some it's it's an option that's out there. But I think Coconuts was like an early example that that's just such a silly, goofy party game. There's no there's no effort involved. You just set it up on the table and you just have more players going in i also don't remember enough about it to be like this is how it combined i'm like involved throwing there was no catapults yeah you just I like know what you swing a, a <laughs> coconut at someone <laughs> like there was no you didn't have to read a different rule book or anything uh but yeah it's a it, 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 it's a fun thing it can be fun when it when it works out and even if it doesn't it can be a memorable <laughs> event i suppose so uh, thank you, Ernie, for writing in with that question. If anyone else has a question, again, email us, meeplegallery at gmail.com. But that's going to be the end of the show. And Jim and Dan, because you were part of our party this week, you earned some experience points. Right. You helped Roland out of a jam. You get to spend those points right now by telling everybody listening how they can find your awesome stuff that you make on the internet. Sure. So if you just go to hobbiesandhappiness.com, hobbiesnhappiness.com, so hobbies and then just the letter N, happiness.com, that'll take you to our link tree. Um, and then you can find us on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, pretty much all social media platforms. But our biggest two um, are um, YouTube and Facebook. And then if you check out our podcast, um, we have uh, we do the hobbies and, the hobbies and happiness 
podcast where we talk about one topic pretty much every week. Um, and lately, Jim and I have just been sitting down and talking a lot about different topics. I think we talked about the digital board games kind of last week. Um, and so, yeah, that's pretty much where you can find us on the interwebs. Definitely check all that stuff out. We'll put links to it in our show notes so you can find it. Uh, it's it's good stuff, and we're we're glad that you guys came on the show because you got you got good energy. You, 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 you hyped <laughs> us up. You, you, you woke us up after a long weekend, um, and that is that was nice. That was essential. Uh, now, if listeners, you want more Roll for Crit stuff, you can find it at rollforcrit.com, our YouTube stuff, our, our live streams, of course, and other things. And if you really like us, you can rate and review us on iTunes or even support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash rollforcrit, uh, where uh, in our, our next bonus episode, I have no doubt we'll be talking about the other dozen games that we can't fit into a regular episode that we played last weekend. Uh, but again, thank you so much, Dan and Jim, for joining us on the show. Very, very happy that you came on to to talk to us, and hope that you hope that you uh, do well with your move as well coming up, Dan. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot, guys. It was a lot of fun. Appreciate it. Yeah, it was a great time. Thank you. Glad to hear it. Fun for us as well. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. I'm Jonathan. I'm Will, and this was Roll for Crit. <laughs>